Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Pop Therapy. Hello, Laura. <laughs> it's been so long. It's been a while. We are two days delayed this week, folks. Sorry about that. They're working we're booked girl. and busy. Yeah, we're working girls. We're working hard. I also had so many work events this week. It was just nonstop. Yeah, I didn't have any work events and I was <laughs> still nonstop. Um, we got to go to the Jays game yesterday and it, apparently it was like a really important game. Was it? Why? Yeah, and we won. Oh, I don't okay. know, I, I guess. <laughs> don't you watch the Jays? No, I, I have some of them on my fantasy team. Oh, okay. Well, they were playing supposedly the team that they're fighting against for a spot in the playoffs. And they oh, okay. needed this win because they were only like half a game ahead or something like that. Okay. So they're going to be in the playoffs? Well, there's one more game tonight against them. And you're not going? No, I actually gave my tickets away. <gasps> you had tickets? I had tickets, yeah, from the why, firm. Why didn't? Why aren't you going? Well, I was in uh, an examination today. Uh, oh, uh, and the game started at 3. Oh, okay. That's like, lame. Why? Why? I know. They always have a random schedule. It's so annoying, especially I'm trying to set my fantasy lineups and then I wake up late or like I don't pay attention to it and then all of a sudden the game's starting way before the evenings and it's just extremely frustrating as a fantasy manager. Wait, how are you doing this this round? I'm in playoffs. So I'm in third and Ooh. I'm in the championship quarterfinal this week. Oh, shit. And it's Remember- like do or die. Like you have to win or you're out. And do you think you have a good chance? Absolutely not. Um, oh, no. I might win the, the quarterfinals, but I have pretty much no shot at winning the actual championship because there's two other teams which are like way, 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 way better and farther ahead. But oh. you never know what can happen in playoffs. So I do my do you best. Remember how upset I was when you didn't win the first year that you guys did this fantasy thing? Yeah, you were more upset than I, I was. I was. I really was. <laughs> Don't I'm just like more upset if I'm or more pumped if I'm ever in first place or if I ever like this year Miles had not had been undefeated and I beat him once and like that was my high. Hell yeah, and that was you enough. did. Hell yeah. So now I don't really care. I've pretty much given up so that I won't be disappointed when I lose. Rock on, sister. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you it? need to fill in. Yeah, you need to fill me in on like literally everything that's been happening because. All I know is that the queen died, and other than that, I have no pop therapy so or hot tops. So please enlighten me. Okay, but you know about this, I'm sure. So Kim opened up a private equity firm called Sky. What? Oh, okay. Well, I just got snacks delivered to me. <laughs> Teeps. Oh, you have said, AirPods in. He said dinner was going to be delayed. Because he was going to go to the gym first. And I said, okay, on the condition that you get me snacks. And oh. the snacks just got delivered to me personally. That's so What'd nice. you get? I got some ketchup crispy minis and some Kit Kat things. And that is a lazy ass snack, Teeps. Candy. I thought that counts, though, I guess. Yeah, it'll do. So, did you hear about this private equity firm? I saw. A post at one point. I thought we talked about this already. No, we didn't. Okay, well, I saw a post, but then I also heard heard discussions that the post got taken down. So anyways, fill me in. No, it didn't. Okay. I've been okay, lied to. So, 
So Kim is a co-founder and co-managing partner with a guy named Jay Sammons. Um, and we'll get to that. And Chris is a partner in the firm. And basically, the idea behind it is that they're going to do these like a minority investments in high growth market leading consumer and media companies. That's how they frame it. Um, I don't really know what that means. I was going to say, is it, does that mean like they're investing in TikTok or Instagram or something like that? I just assume they're going to take over everything. And there's going to be take something the shady world. about it. Because I just don't trust anything that says private equity. <laughs> Honestly, um, me too. I feel like anytime I think of that, I think of like, I don't even watch these shows, but like Succession or Billions yeah. or all these shows that I imagine are about private equity, but I don't and even you, know what the fuck like, private equity is. You just know something corrupt is going on. Or it's like a front. For sure. For so sure. I was thinking, what if Jay Sammons was the guy that was linked to Chloe and it was a cover up to distract us from what Kim was doing with Jay Sammons. Hmm. Do they think, do you think they care that much about this like sky partnership coming up soon enough that they well, make like no Chloe one, have a front? No one saw it coming. No. Private it, equity firm. It does seem quite random. Honestly, when I saw it, I was like, oh my gosh, she's finally starting a law firm. I thought and the so same thing. so then when thing. I saw private equity, I'm like, what the fuck is this? And I also was just like, interesting outfit for your headshot, Kim. But- what was she wearing? Was she, it's like a Skims bodysuit. Oh. <laughs> like top to bottom. And I was like, this is your firm picture? Like, I support you, but this is it. <laughs> that isn't what you wore for your headshot oh, this week? I had my headshot this week. It was so stressful. I'm not a fan, but well, whatever. It's done. It's done. <laughs> <laughs> um, in other news, Kylie has not yet legally changed Wolf's name. I heard this. So I can't remember where. It must have been on a podcast because that's all I've been listening to. That she basically said she hasn't landed on a name yet. They haven't legally changed it because Travis is constantly sending, like, suggesting other names and, like, they stick for a bit and then they change it to another name and that sticks for a bit and then they change it to another name. I think she must have been on, wasn't she on a talk show with James Corden when this all came up or a talk show with somebody? Well, Kim was recently on James Corden. Maybe she talked about it. Oh, well, anyways, somebody said, you know, you really need to land on a name. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, we kind of have, but I don't know. Just imagine very strange to me. Like being the kid and hearing that you didn't have a name for like a year. Yeah. Like no name. Pick a fucking name. Yeah. Maybe they'll be like the superstore no name brand. Honestly. Baby. And then it'll be <laughs> toddler. And then it'll be <laughs> child. <laughs> that would be awful. And it'll only wear yellow clothes. Why? <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? Like the the President's Choice no-name brand? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was a really good joke really that you didn't pick up on it at all. funny, Laura. <laughs> I'm LOLing. I'm going to move on. So okay. you, you know how Kim dyed her eyebrows for that? I wasn't a fan of this cover that she did for being an American. She like had bleach blonde hair and she dyed her eyebrows bleach blonde. Okay. That's never a good choice. Right. So anyway, funnily enough, 
shortly after Julia Fox bleached her eyebrows. And I'm noticing a trend. First of all, Julia Fox shows up a lot on my FYP, which is weird. But also, she's kind of cool and has cool things to say. But I am noticing that whenever Kim sports a look, maybe like three days later, Julia Fox is wearing the same thing. So I think Kim is Julia's muse. Oh, interesting. But so she's not Julia- only Josh Safdie's muse, she's also Kim Kardashian's muse. Yeah, listen to this. So she was on the red carpet and someone asked her, Julia Fox, like, if you're someone's muse, who's your muse? And she goes, my muse? I don't know. I don't have one. Maybe I'm museless. (laughs) (laughs) Useless. Yeah, museless. perfect. (laughs) Did she pick up on the fact that she called herself museless? I think she knows what she's doing, Laura. Like, have you been on TikTok? Probably not. No. Yeah, then you don't know what's going on. But I think she's growing a (laughs) fan base. And I think she is part of the Illuminati. And we're all in a simulation. (laughs) This escalated quickly. (laughs) Anyway, so Kim's not dating anyone. Kim and Pete did not get back together. Remember we were saying... A fish a fish? Yeah, or whatever she's leading us to believe. So she showed up on the late night show, the late, late show with James Corden last night. She looked bomb, by the way. And As always. she just said something like, I don't know, I'm obviously doing something wrong with dating. And she's like, I need to take a minute and just focus on myself and finish school and whatever, whatever. And then she's like, but I think my next route I have to go to different places. Clearly, whatever I'm doing is not working. So I don't know, maybe like a hospital and meet a doctor or a law firm. (laughs) And then she's like, I think my next one is going to be like a scientist, neuroscientist, biochemist, doctor, attorney. Okay. Well, how is she ever going to get her schedule to line up with a doctor's schedule? Yeah. I think that's a really bad idea. I don't know who I see Kim with. Pete Davidson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Kanye West. Okay. Definitely not. Absolutely not. And now for the biggest bombshell of the week. <sighs> Did you hear about this Ray J drama? Well, I saw you send me something about it and I tried to read it and then I thought, this looks really detailed and complex and long and stupid. So I'm just going to wait for Shereen to tell me about it on the pod so she can get my live reaction. So Kris Jenner went on the Late Late Show and she did a lie detector test with this lie detector person who apparently is famous for getting paid to fabricate answers. And one of the questions she was asked was, did you release the sex tape? And she said no. So Ray J who made it a point to say that he was in the Dominican Republic when he saw this and that it interrupted his vacation. He goes on Instagram live and he like takes breaks. He's like, y'all, I'm going to come back. I got to eat dinner, comes back and keeps filming and then releases these videos. It ended up being like a 41 minute video or longer than that, actually. And he didn't watch that whole thing. No, absolutely not. He's talking about how Kim and Chris 
got Ray J to enter into a contract with him with them to release the sex tapes and they planned three different sex tapes to make one in St. Barbara and somewhere else and Chris actually watched all of them and then said no let's release the first tape because Kim looks good in that tape and then they both decided that they would make 400,000 off of it and then share 12.5 percent of the profits and Ray J basically showed the contract that was written in Kim's handwriting because apparently he was rushed into it and they didn't have time to get a contract drafted. And then he showed a love letter from Kim to show that the print, the printing was the same and to be like, Kim definitely wrote this contract. So he's just like out here saying Kim and her mom like made me out to be this villain that I released a sex tape, but it was actually them who released it. And I'm just like, move on. Okay, but this seems juicy. Like, what are your thoughts? Like, you've seen the evidence. You've seen the receipts. Do you buy it? So here's the other thing. Apparently, the sex tape was released in March 2007. And Kim filed a lawsuit in February 2007 before it was even released, saying that she didn't allow the, I don't know, the porn company to release this footage. But then Ray J is showing emails from the founder of that porn company, providing an Excel spreadsheet of the profits made in the first week. And he's like, hey, guys, it's doing really well. We already made $1.4 in a week, like updating them. What? So basically, Kim and Chris are like, apparently, we're in cahoots for this whole thing. No way. I'm not shocked. Are you? Yeah, I'm shook. Really? To my core. Yeah, I never thought that they had anything to do with it. Like, they've maintained for years that they had nothing to do with it. This seems like pretty – I don't know. I haven't seen it, but street pretty strong proof that they did have something to do with it. I don't think I ever thought of, like, who released it. I just knew a sex tape was released. People were profiting off of it. Kim did something with it, and Ray J didn't. And that's all I ever really thought of it. Hmm. Interesting. Um, there was one more thing I – I'm blanking. Well, that I'll come to this it. story also aligns with like his say, saying, "Oh, there were three different tapes." It kind of aligns with like last season of the Kardashians too, where okay, that's what I was gonna say, where they were like, "Oh, there's another tape," and then Kanye allegedly went and got the physical desktop computer <laughs> and right. brought it to Kim at SNL to destroy shitty ass suitcase too. Anyway, <laughs> uh, that was what I was gonna bring up. Apparently. <laughs> Apparently, this this whole thing was staged for that. The episode. SNL thing? Well, yeah, that much seemed obvious. Yeah, but it's just like Kanye signed on for that? Weird. Well, that's the thing. Like, this all just seems like so stupid and so contrived. Like, why bother to like, keep giving this airtime? Like, why even, in- like, I'm sure Chris cleared those questions with the polygraph person and it's like why do you keep on bringing this up like do you want people to go keep watching it are you still making money off of it like why do you continuously keep bringing it up especially when like kim's not ashamed of it obviously but but i would assume that she doesn't want to like continuously keep talking about even now like years and years later like move the fuck on but chris keeps on like obviously bringing it up I know. I, I was understand. thinking the same thing. I was like, why did you even have that be a question? Yeah. Like you're just giving more airtime to something that 
needs no more airtime. Like, leave it in the past. Yeah, he basically, Ray J said that they branded this tape as like a deal and a partnership between him, Kim, and Chris, and claimed that he suggested it to Kim after they saw her friend Paris Hilton's profile like shoot up after the release of her sex tape with um, Rick Solomon. Salomon. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess it all makes sense. So just, just like, I just hate giving Ray J any validation to be like, okay, yeah, maybe it makes sense why you're so angry and why you keep on bringing this up all the time. If you, but it's like, why also didn't he bring up these receipts earlier either? Like, that's what I'm. This all thinking. isn't making sense again. I don't know. I just like, I understand the whole. I didn't like the fact that they made me out to be the villain that I released it or whatever. But again, it's been like two decades since then. What is the fuss about now? But if it wasn't about that, like, you guys both profited off of it. You just didn't navigate your career as well as Kim did after. So what is mm-hmm. your deal? Yeah. And I honestly don't even think anyone's really gives a fuck about Ray anymore. No one's, like, holding anger towards him about allegedly releasing the sex tape. Like, literally nobody cares mean. except for Ray J. I know. And if anyone, like, Kim's still getting slack for it as a woman. So... I don't know what his deal is. And like he's tried to stay relevant and famous after that, but it didn't work. So maybe it's a you problem, Ray J. <laughs> I agree. Well, that's that. That's that on that. In Bravo news, uh, Teresa Judice is joining Dancing with the Stars. Do you watch that show? I don't, but the cast kind of looks good this season. I was like, hmm, maybe I'll give it a shot. Gabby is it participant yeah and i saw there's also Vinny guada and guada guada ginjo how you pronounce his name from jersey shore and mm-hmm. wayne brady who i honestly think has a good chance of winning because he is a good dancer yeah i just i never watched that funny show how Teresa was on some good morning show and the news anchor <laughs> introduced her as a cast member of the jersey shore <laughs> close <laughs> I guess. <laughs> um, Denise Richards says that she's open to rejoining Beverly Hills even if Rena stays, which is a change I, of tune. I just kind of feel like Beverly Hills has moved on from Denise Richards. It doesn't she need needs any, to move on to. Yeah, like its cast right now, I think is great. Like I don't. There's no one in the cast that I really want to get rid of like other than Sheree but I think what? it's just because she's a friend of and hasn't been giving anything what have you seen of Sheree I feel no. like you've got some sort of no. like no I'm oh, not talking about okay. her Sheree needs to go she didn't do anything this season okay but good we're agreed you don't want Erica to go no I don't want her to go she like annoys me to no end and I really really extremely dislike her but she does give to the show and like without her there's like 75% less drama, at least the past two seasons. Like, despite all of her just like annoyances, she has kind of carried the seasons in terms of drama. What about Diana? She could go. Like, she does carry drama as well, but I just like am repulsed by her. So I could do without. Okay. Well, but we definitely don't need Denise back. 
No, I agree. But speaking of Beverly Hills, they filmed the reunion this week and apparently it was heated. I mean, they say that all – it's like Jesse Palmer saying that it's the most shocking finale of Bachelorette history. Like Andy's going to say it was the craziest reunion filmed. But apparently yeah. they didn't even take a cast photo at the end. People just dipped because it was just like relationships got tarnished. Interesting. I'm inter- I'm interested to see if any like – alliances change that's what i want to see and we'll get to it but like in this aspen i'm like oh maybe this is the tides are finally gonna turn but i doubt it but that'd be nice to see yeah i wonder how many parts it's gonna be if it's gonna be three they better all deliver because i don't want to sit through that again for like the last 10 minutes of the third episode i know i think two part reunions are good three parts are Mm -hmm. too much one part is usually too short it's true. It's because they think they have so much time that they just spend the first part like kikiing. And I don't mm-hmm. need that. Like I watched a season of that. I agree. Um, the Winter House trailer dropped. It's premiering. First episode is October 13th. I saw that today. It looks very interesting, I thought. It looks like they're throwing everything that – what is that saying? Something throwing spaghetti about at the wall and hope that it sticks? No, just throwing everything in the kitchen sink. That's the know. phrase. Throwing spaghetti at the wall and hoping that it sticks. What about the kitchen sink? Everything is that's like that's like oh yeah, that's a phrase. I think it's like everything and the kitchen sink, something like that. No. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember like in law school people would always say, "Oh, the people who do well are the people who like throw everything into the kitchen sink. Everything but the kitchen sink. Okay, there's a phrase that says everything but the f- kitchen sink, and it means everything imaginable. An extremely large number of things. When he used in a sentence, when he goes on vacation, he takes along everything but the kitchen sink. And that's me. <laughs> Remember Kelowna? <laughs> you packed it all in a carry-on though i know it was pretty impressive um yeah so they're just bringing in everyone from bravo it's like bravo con in this episode Truly. In this season and honestly i i was ugh, the minute i saw sandoval in that i was like fuck off we do not That's, need you here started with sandoval i, was I like, know and i was like go you. away like i am interested to see um tom schwartz because i think this is all during like leading up to their divorce and it looks like they might get a little bit of insight in that yeah but then we've also got like carl and Lindsay coming as guests and then we've got like the standard ones that were all there last year which again like people i could do without luke what are you doing you're useless um Mm -hmm. what's his name who's the little brother is it luke's little brother i thought it was craig's little brother oh is it oh fuck yeah, which I was like, these people look nothing alike. Yeah, Luke's little brother not. would make a lot more sense. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it looks very dramatic. There's like just so many different interactions going on. The thing I found out the mystery, the most interesting, was that they suggested in at least by the way that it was edited, they suggested that the night that Carl and Lindsay decided to become officially boyfriend and girlfriend, she spent that night or the following night with austin and had her hand on his dick when they were sleeping yeah there's that and i didn't even like think about how Lindsay would walk into the house with what's his face jason or justin 
Jason. And they literally had like a a pregnancy thing together. And yeah, and not even really together because by the sounds of how she reported it on Summer House, which like everyone deals with it in your own way, but she basically told him like, I'm going to figure this out on my own. Yeah. And I'll let you know what I decide. And so mm-hmm. it seems like – I don't know what the communication was there after she made her decision, but like it seems like that is being rehashed or at least addressed for the first time as part of Winter House. Yeah, uh, but I'm worried that, like, we won't really get to know the new people because there are so many guests coming. Yeah, and we don't need that many guests. Like, I agree with you. I could do without Tom and Tom coming. I do like Lindsay and Carl coming just as guests rather than, like, full-time cast members. Um, Mm -hmm. But, yeah, we'll see. I'm excited. Yeah, me too. It's going to be, like, BIP is in two weeks. And then that means that Potomac, <clears throat> Salt Lake City, and what is this? Winter House are all going to be back. Our content plate will be full. As it continues to be. And then we can put it in the kitchen sink, as they say. <laughs> I'm going to figure wow. this out. No LOLs from, from the chorus here today. She, I, I, she said I, she was going to bring the energy and she's not bringing the laughs. That's for sure. <clears throat> well, be funnier. Anyway, um, two big things in Bachelor World. Did you see this about Eric from Gabby's season? No, I did not. A photo leaked of his yearbook in high school showing him dressed as Jimi Hendrix and he wore dark makeup all over his face with an Afro wig. It was like blackface. How, How old is he? 29. So here's the thing. I have thoughts. I thought his apology was actually really good. Okay. What was his apology? Okay. I didn't see any of this. Okay. What? So he says, let me find the whole thing. But until then, I will say that while his apology was good, it's like, would you have even addressed this if it didn't resurface and someone didn't find it? Probably not. I feel like nobody does. Like if they know they've done something bad in the past, they don't like call everyone's attention to it and make it a story until it is a story. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. So it says, I wholeheartedly apologize for the insensitive photo of me in blackface from my high school yearbook that has been circulating. What I thought at the time was a representation of my love for Jimi Hendrix was nothing but ignorance. I was naive to the hurtful implications of my actions to the black community and those closest to me and will forever regret my offensive and damaging behavior. I'm deeply ashamed by my actions and understand that my apology is only the first step in taking accountability. Okay. There were a yeah. couple manipulative sentences in, in there where he's like, oh, I thought it was just my love for Jimi Hendrix type of a thing or like my photos from all the way back in high school. But he did what you should do is just say that was shitty. That was ignorant. I've, yeah. I regret it. And people can learn and change and grow. It's about like that. that's the point is what happens after – you get called out for something. What do you do beyond that? Like, I don't think you can just, it's, I, I, I think cancel culture has even evolved so that like people wait and see how people evolve for moments like that. Like, I think in 
when this I don't know when when this so to speak but like like in the last three years or so these type of issues have really come to the forefront in like celebrity culture and in the in the very beginning it was very like you're canceled you're done you'll never work in the city again and now I think people are like more I don't know what the word is wait and see yeah at least I I think this is how you handle it and not how Rachel Rachel Kirkinell handled it, which was like Yeah. I know I know Bachelor probably told her not to say anything, but she waited so long to say something and it wasn't even that good. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So the other thing was Nate's interview on the Vile Files about his breakup with Michelle. I have heard a lot about this. It sounds like he really put it all out there, like aired all yeah. of their laundry. Yeah. Um, so he basically said that him and Michelle had fights from the very beginning and they had spoken about breaking up like three times before they actually broke up. So he doesn't understand what she means by she felt blindsided by the breakup. And he was like leaving Minnesota to go somewhere and they had to attend some award show. Wango Tango, I think it was. Oh, Wango Tango. Yeah. And she calls him and is just like, if we're not going to go to this, we have to give a reason. And he just blurred out. He's like, I don't want to be with you anymore. Oh, I think that was the CMA words because they went to the Wango Tango. They had like a shitty weekend. They fought all weekend. Then the, they were right after that. They were supposed to go to the CMA awards. And then he was like uncertain if he was going to go. And yeah, then that conversation happened. And basically he broke up with her over the phone while I couldn't I wasn't quite clear in what I read if they were both in the airport at the time or if she was just at the airport waiting for a flight to either like go to the CMA awards or do something else and that's when he broke up with her. Yeah. Yeah. He, but honestly, he, like if you're in a long distance relationship, it's not totally crazy to have to break up with somebody over the phone. Like what are you going to do? I agree. Fly all the way across the world to break up with someone when it's like clear from the circumstances you guys aren't meant to be. Yeah. He just really didn't like that. She said she felt blindsided when they clearly had spoken about it a bunch of times. Um, and the, the line of the podcast was like, I like the rate, the Michelle that I fell in love with. I don't like the Michelle that I broke up with. Something like that. Oof. That's harsh. Yeah. But I mean, kind of true with respect to every single breakup. Like it's very rare that I think yeah. people actually have an amicable, amicable, like I'll love you forever. I just am not in love with you type of breakup. Like there's got to be a reason why you got to the point where you're like, mm, no, not for me. And you just obviously followed a love with people. So I think that's pretty common. But the way he phrases it just makes – and this whole thing of like airing their dirty laundry on his podcast – really just seems petty and like a breach of their her privacy kind of and like putting her in a really bad light and it's like for what like I don't think maybe I missed it but I don't think a lot of people were talking about thinking Nate's a shitty guy no like this honestly came out of nowhere for me like I felt blindsided by this not their breakup because like their breakup was kind of a while ago i mean in june he was seen with deandra which he talked about and he said that that was actually not a thing okay Um, but yeah it was a long time ago and she like took off to iceland with all her friends and then like came back moved to la like it's just why now so did you listen to any of this no i think i read summaries okay so did you read about the whole dming situation 
I don't think so. So Michelle was DMing this country music star and they were they were in bed one day lying next to each other. He saw an Instagram DM thread on her phone with this country music star and then he looked over again 20 seconds later and saw that the whole thread had been deleted. And so then he brought it up and she told him that the guy said something that made her uncomfortable and deleted the thread. And then he asked what made her feel uncomfortable and she answered that the guy had suggested they go out for drinks. And so I don't know what happened there, but. Oh my gosh, that's a clear like caught in the act moment. Um, Yeah, that happened to me. <sighs> I'm sorry. A few times. <laughs> She's grown, like, folks. The thing is, when you're talking back and forth, and clearly something's implied and then all of a sudden they crystallize it and make it absolutely clear like yeah we're flirting right now and that's the point at which you delete it it's like no that should be the point at which you say oh i'm sorry you've clearly taken my messages the wrong way i didn't intend to be flirting with you we're just friends i have a fucking fiance and -hmm. then you show your fiance hey this is everything that just went down i thought we were just like talking and now like that is such shady behavior yeah so that was one of the things where Nate's trust started to be breached. I wonder if she'll have a rebuttal on like the Bachelor happy hour. I wonder as well. But I definitely think they're never, ever, ever getting back together. They are never, ever, ever getting back together. We're almost a month <laughs> away from Taylor's so funny. new <laughs> We're a month away almost from Taylor's new album. Just – Letting you know. Rock on. For your countdown. (laughs) Okay. This one's all you, Lors. Okay. So I know you're not interested in this, but remember how I was telling you how you need to watch the next season of The Challenge because it's like better. Mm. But I don't know if you've been watching this season of The Challenge USA. But anyways. We have not figured out the Paramount thing. I have it on my Apple TV. So I don't know why like you just can't log into my Apple TV to watch it because I subscribe to it on mine. Okay, well, I'm going to say what we say every time I bring this up. We'll talk after. <laughs> and then we never I know. visit this. Then we come back to it like this. <laughs> okay, well, anyways, a new season of the OG Challenge is coming out in October. And it looks really, really good. It's called like Challenge Rider Dies. And they're coming in with partners that they themselves have gotten to choose. So usually in the different seasons, they like are assigned a partner for for like rivals, for example. They'll put them with someone they hate or um, or they pick partners throughout the season and like partners constantly change. But this season, it's like they're bringing in their chosen partners. So it's really interesting to see at least what's suggested in the preview as to like what the partnerships are. And anyways, I'm anticipating it's going to be really good. They just dropped the trailer today and it premieres in October. So this is the season that I also think you should watch so that you can start getting into the challenge. Okay. Done. Okay. That's it for me. Back to you. Brittany Snow and Tyler from Selling the OC split. Shocking. This is fucking hilarious to me because I I think everybody that's been talking about selling the OC. OC, I had to think about that. I know. Everyone who's been thinking about it has been like, where's Brittany Snow in the mix? What does she think of all this? What is she saying in private? 
And yeah, clearly she watched it and she's like, mm, yeah, you know what? I'm not really cool with you thinking that Holly or Polly Pocket, whatever her name is, Polly. and that other chick, Alex, can like sit on your lap and like canoodle with you all the time. And you admitted in that in that meeting with Kayla that you did some inappropriate things too, but you never told me that. Mm-hmm. It just like the writing was on the wall from selling the OC. Later for a fool. And I was pretty sure either like he was going to leave the show or they were going to get divorced and clearly they're getting a divorce, which is... Well, they separated and they want to take time to do things to make sure they're their most authentic selves and be the best they can be for their dog. <laughs> I don't... This was their statement. I literally <laughs> lolled and then went, oop, I that probably shouldn't lol. Okay, but seriously, if I was like... Shireen, I'm taking apart from, time apart from Trav so that we can be better people for Wizzy and Toonie. I would laugh <laughs> silently alone behind closed doors because I would never do that to you. I mean, at that point, you need to fucking give me a reality check. Like, get a fucking life. I would definitely schedule a therapy session for the next day to be like, can I tell her how I actually feel about this? grab the fucking cat and go (laughs) that's hilarious yeah well they're clearly going to have a divorce it's just a matter of time and i'm really excited to see it play out i agree like she is so hot and so talented and cool and yeah so i'm really excited to see how it all plays out or pitch perfect she's yeah perfect um, John Tucker Must Die was like a pivotal moment in my childhood, I feel. It was so good. I'm going to try and find that movie and watch it. Do it. Sex Lives of College Girls is returning to HBO in November, and I'm so excited. I am actually excited for that. There's been a lot of shows that have come out that are like season twos of shows that I thought I really liked, and I just haven't watched and don't care to watch and will not watch. But this mm-hmm. is a show that I will actually watch and be excited about. Yeah, I thought the cast was really good but um you know how she her her friend sleeps with her friend's brother yeah he's not coming back to the show really he's not gonna be on season two hmm was that a him choice or show choice i actually don't know because that seems like a really bad choice for him because that show i feel like was really popular he, but maybe he he's doing like something bigger like, and better. Paxton, right? On Never Have I Ever? No, he's a different guy, but he is also half Asian. <laughs> so, Chriselle landed a new <laughs> acting gig. I told myself, don't say this out loud. <laughs> Chriselle acted, landed a new acting gig. She's going to be in a Lifetime movie called A Rose for Her Grave. I don't know what it's about, but I'm going to do everything in my power to avoid it. Yeah, like that sounds like a step down from Selling Sunset. Yeah. It's like doing a Hallmark movie. It is. I mean, no shade. Like I would for sure take a Hallmark movie role if I was offered. And I'd for sure like advertise it and be really proud. But that's just me. I haven't been on like a super famous, what's it called? Soap opera. Wasn't she on like Young and the Restless or something? 
Oh, yeah. And then on a super famous reality TV show, like, why are you doing this now? I forgot about the Young and the Restless thing. But I think this is just right up her alley because it's just as fake as her and garbage. Good point, good point, good point. Garbage acting. Okay, I did add two things to the list. Actually, you added one that I had deleted. Wow, rude. I didn't see that, but I'm still going to talk about it. Because you Blake don't Lively, the app. <laughs> Blake Lively is expecting her fourth child with Ryan Reynolds. I saw that. Do you think they're going to have a boy? Oh, yeah. They have three girls, don't they? Or I don't are know. they? Exactly. Why are you being so gender whatever, conformist? Whatever the child wants. And you know what? If it doesn't have a name, you're totally fine. We don't give things a name these days. And they can just dress in yellow for the rest of their lives. It was all yellow. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Anyways, the big news that's been all over the airwaves um, is that the queen died. Like, you didn't even have it on fucking hot tops that the queen died? That's like the hottest top in England. And we have listeners in England. That's what I'm saying. That was the first piece of news I put in the app. And then I deleted it. And then why did you delete it? She's an anti-monarchist, folks. She hates the queen. The truth comes out. I did not For UK that. listeners, I'm so sorry that you have to listen to a podcast with this anti-monarch, but now we know her true colors. That is not what I said. Rest in peace. <laughs> <laughs> I just felt like... I just felt like all of the other news was a bit more important. Like <gasps> Nate's interview on the Vile Files. <laughs> Chriselle's fucking Lifetime movie. Kim, Kim opening a private equity firm. Oh my god. See you guys. Anti-monarch. No, that is not. I mean, that's not, I mean, not true. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it has really been like. I feel like it's over the the news streams are oversaturated with queen content, so we don't really need to talk about it. And I don't honestly really have anything to say about it, but I just feel like we had to acknowledge at this moment in time that the queen has died and now we are governed by a king and everything's changing in our world at least, the legal world. Yeah. Queen queen's bench or king's bench, all that jazz. It's just a little bit weird. A B K B I don't like it. It's I saw take people some changing gangs. their their email signatures from like QC to KC, and I'm like, who's mm-hmm. this? Yeah, new signature. Who this? Anyway, okay, that's enough of that. Are we doing picture ditch bitch this week? Well, what do you got? I have nothing. Laura, this is the fourth straight week. <laughs> I barely have enough time to watch the shows that we recap. Okay. Well, I have really gotten into Married to Med. Have you ever watched it? No. Okay. So Married to Med is basically like the real housewives, except all of the women are like actual professionals. (laughs) That's not what I meant to say. (laughs) All of the women are um, doctors or they're married to a doctor. I think only like one is married to a doctor. Oh, two, but – one of them is a dentist herself. 
anyway, so they're all, it's really cool. Like they have the drama, of course, and I love their drama. They just get through it. It's kind of like Potomac. They just like, they call each other out, get through it. The shadiness, the clapbacks, it's so funny. But then you also get to see them in their practice and talk about medicine and like what they're doing to improve in their field and they see patients and stuff and it's it's just really good I also it's a cast of all black women except for one she's brown and a friend of who's white but it's just so nice to see like this cast of all black women being doctors like being absolute badass bitches and the drama and the shade is so funny it's very entertaining where do they like what city are they in Atlanta actually okay Mm -hmm. and how many seasons have there been of it so there is nine the ninth season is currently airing they also filmed the reunion for oh I didn't say that before but a bunch of you right I did a bunch of reunions were filmed this week and they were filming the married to med reunion today so are you doing what you usually do and working your way backwards so so I was I finished like season nine and then I was like okay, here's my chance. I could go all the way back to season one and do it properly. And I went to season one and I hovered and I went to season eight. Yeah. And I watched season eight. But now I it just doesn't work. Eight. I watched, I finished season eight last night and I still have a chance to start from the beginning at one. Probably won't. See, but the problem I found when I tried to do that with Beverly Hills, like go back to season one as opposed to working my way back is all of a sudden there are all these different characters that I had to get to know again. I was like, I I don't want to do this. Like I want to see them at their peak before they get booted off when they're involved in all the drama. And they're like, I don't like the getting to know them part. Like even when I get to the very start of a season, when a new cast member has been introduced, I'm like, ugh, yada, yada, yada. I don't care. I totally Those are the parts I want to skip over. No, I totally understand that. But I mean, they introduced a new person season eight for married to med. Anila, the brown girl. And I feel like it only took an episode or two for her to get introduced. There was like drama from the get-go with everyone else. And she dove right in. Okay. That's not bad. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll consider it when I get back to watching TV. Okay. 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 Let's talk about this week's TV recaps, starting with The Bachelorette. Yeah, I just watched that actually before our pod. Okay, so it's really confusing because when I first started watching it, I was like, wait, have we talked about last episode? And we hadn't because the last time we talked about the show was a Monday. And then for some reason, they released another episode the following day. And then they released an episode on this Tuesday. It's all just been very confusing. But basically, yeah, I the think next episode's s- next Tuesday because of Monday Night Football. Okay. Honestly, I'm so f- fudging over this season but How is anyways, it not over it's just like so frustrating so this episode that they had was ugh, the way that jesse keeps saying that this is the most dramatic it'll change your life forever groundbreaking it's like this is so stupid like you're really doing overkill like yes it's fine every season to be like this is the most dramatic season ever whatever but like the fact that he keeps on saying this so dramatically it leaves loses all credibility and is just extremely annoying absolutely and he says it multiple times in one episode so frustrating and i see so this episode they had was basically leaves off at the last rose ceremony and then 
is just like the fucking family dates, but it's all fucked up because this whole season is fucked up. But they make it do like a, a live studio audience, which just extends everything out for like four more hours than anything should be. So we barely get any actual content. Well, it went in any over event. half an hour this week. Yeah. And then, yeah, we'll get to that. At the very end, Jesse's like, oh, we're extending our allotted time because you have to hear this. And it's like, what the fuck? I heard nothing, nothing happened. Yeah. So stupid. But anyways, we're at the end and so like Rachel and Zach have their conversation after the rose ceremony and basically what had happened was during their overnight fantasy date in the morning, Zach felt like really awkward and uncomfortable and was basically implying that like Rachel basically flipped a switch and was an entirely different person when she was in the fantasy suite than when she was outside and the moment he said that and was like so upset and like so distraught over the fact that he felt like he'd been duped i started immediately looking at rachel as like the fakest human i'd ever seen and then when she went out and did her little rose ceremony speech and like basically throughout the rest of the season i can't get it out of my head that she's acting okay i had the same exact experience same it was like it flipped a switch in my mind because he said he said she's a totally different person off camera than in front of Mm -hmm. the cameras and i was like oh shots fired that kind of sounds serious because like why would zach say something like that in front of cameras at least yeah he just seems like a respectable guy totally like he's not making it up yeah and so she tries to explain that like the vibe was definitely definitely different in um the fantasy suite because she had like found clarity and she was trying to explain that like oh she was trying to find the missing piece of her relationship with him and it's like no she was gonna what i think happened is that she was in the fantasy suite was she realized he wasn't the one and was trying to manipulate it into being his fault like oh you're too young oh you're not ready for an engagement that's exactly what happened she was trying to make him be the bad guy so that she didn't have to be the bad guy like she totally. wanted him to just self-eliminate. Think, I think she's so manipulative. It's wild. Well, she was doing the same thing to Avon. She's like, you're not ready. No, you're not ready. Girl, you are 25. Zach was 26. You guys are actually only three months apart. Yeah. Same and then year. she's, And then she's like upset thinking that Zach challenged her character. I'm like, well, fucking, I think he had a right to challenge your character if you literally flipped a switch once the cameras were off and you uh, and she also like has not had trouble generating tears this entire season and that goodbye with zach was so not one tear not a single tear like no emotion so i was like yeah no wonder if this guy was like literally thinking you were in love with him and then you're that cold he's gonna question everything but then she goes in and like kind of is dramatic to the men she's like zach just questioned my integrity and yeah i have two more roses left i know i was so i was so like bothered by her we got like 20 minutes of gabby last night and it was all rachel otherwise 
Yeah, because then we have the they bring Zach up to like the live stage and they have their conversation. And it was just so frustrating because Zach immediately apologizes for challenging her character and is like, I was just in shock and disbelief. And I'm like, dude, I don't think you have to be apologizing. I think you have legit, totally legitimate reasons for questioning Zach her character. and Avon, both of them. Why were they apologizing to her? I agree. I agree. And like Rachel did say sorry too. And she basically was saying like, well, she knew she, he wasn't the one. And instead of communicating it. She just tried to figure out, like, why he wasn't the one through interrogation. I'm like, I don't know. This is just ridiculous. Yeah. No, I, she's an actress. So then we get to, like, Rachel and Avon's family meeting. So they're meeting Rachel's fam. Um, and I think her she had her two friends there, like Nate and Sam or whatever. And when they were talking to Avon, he basically told her that he's not ready for an engagement. And then they tell Rachel this and she fucking flips out and even tries to explain like, look, I'm not telling you anything different than I told you before. I told you that in life I'm ready for an engagement. I'm just not sure in this very moment, whether engagement right now is the right time for us. Which is completely reasonable. Totally reasonable. Avon honestly shocked me because he seems like someone that I just, should have paid way more attention to. He seems like a well, really good show guy. Us. We didn't have a chance. They barely showed us this dude. We I didn't even know bachelor. he existed until the final four. He might be bachelor. Well, I don't know because this conversation, like, so back to their date, Rachel was so concerned about the fact that her family was going to be upset about the fact that he wasn't ready for an engagement. Like all she cares about are what other people think of her because she kept on saying, I wanted them to be confident in us. I wanted it to walk in there and be like, I'm ready for engagement. So is he. And I wanted them to like believe in us. Yes. But I also think she's projecting like she says a lot of things and then puts it on other people. Yeah. Like you don't think she's also ready for an engagement. Yeah. I think this is another scapegoat situation where she knows she's going to pick Tino and she's picking another thing and to Tino be a reason why. Is a walking, talking red flag. Yeah, I agree. So if we want to just jump to that date, Rachel and Tino finish with her. Yeah. They have their family date and it actually goes like extremely well in a weird way. It's he almost like out- we didn't see a huge part of it. In the editing yeah. or something. Yeah, because nothing really happens other than her dad at one point is pointing out like, hey, look, I know you have dreams and they enjoy involve traveling. And like, how is that going to work when he has to be like near whatever building he's constructing? Mm-hmm. Um, And I don't know how she really dodged that question. But anyways, they left that date and things were like looking really good for them. Yeah. They were. But okay, so... I don't like the fact that Tino keeps, like, dismissing Rachel's concerns about his family. For sure. And I liked what her mom said where she's like, look, I know that you that you think it doesn't matter what her family thinks of you. But she's like, I know that if a family doesn't like you, that can cause significant issues down the road. Mm-hmm. And she's 100% right. 100% right. That like, it happens. does actually matter. That always happens unless you have, what's the word, like, 
left your family? Starts with an E. Emancipated? Yeah. (laughs) That's it. That's a pretty extreme situation. But that's what I'm saying. Like, it's always going to matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're true. True. I'm true. Oh, I forgot that, like, um, Rachel and Avon then have a chat again after, like, her date with Tino. Yeah. And because they didn't feel good about how things left off. And I'm just really confused at Rachel's position because she keeps on being so adamant about getting engaged and he's like can't we just fucking hang out for a bit like why do we have to get engaged and it's like literally she's just going to pick the person that's most sure about her rather than the person she's most sure about like she's so twisted up in her thought process well why was it such a big deal to both of them Gabby and Rachel about getting engaged yeah gabby did the same thing and and we'll get to that but like surprising yeah it's just like such an absurd concept like i feel like a lot of it has to do with they feel so much pressure as the bachelorette to like perform their bachelorette duties and like tick all the boxes and be a good bachelorette and the only way to do that is get engaged in the end it's like actually no it's like more real and feels more legitimate if you decide like i'm just going to pick whoever's right for me and we have to be on the same page about what we do at the end because that's how a relationship should work it shouldn't be like a dictatorship yeah like what about a promise ring instead (laughs) that's basically what avon should have offered but okay so here's the thing there's two sides one is yeah why don't you guys just date that is probably the more healthier option but on the other hand it's like no one said you have to get married the day after engagement. You could literally be engaged for years. Yeah, but I do think there's something sentimental about only being proposed to or proposing once. Yeah, fair. I mean, I'm just throwing out there, just playing devil's advocate, you know, showing my privilege. <laughs> privilege? <laughs> yeah. I mean, at least so they could articulate that as to like why that is the reason but i see what you're saying it's like well if you know for sure it's them get engaged and then just date for a while but it's like why even get engaged why does that even matter like if you're not on the same page about it just fucking wait a bit Mm -hmm. i just think it's so stupid i just think it ends up so much so frequently in these seasons with the women at least not really the men because they get to choose whether they propose or not that they end up choosing the wrong person or like getting in these conflicts that are unnecessary because they're so adamant about like a proposal after knowing someone for fucking 48 hours. Well, like if Avon is really the person that she wanted to end up with, then yeah, the engagement wouldn't have mattered. Just like what we were saying about Gabby with whoever else. But that's why like I think that she ends up being with Tino because he's the one ready to propose, but I don't think they stay together. No. And at the end of that episode when Rachel and Gabby were standing there, Rachel literally looked – totally rachel looked like get me the fuck off this stage i am so done with this i am sick of putting on this stupid smile she looked and- like that the entire episode yeah she looked absolutely miserable i think this does not end well for her and she's gonna fucking scapegoat it and put it blood blame on every single other person when it's like dude you need some therapy you need to look at yourself you're extremely insecure you're a people pleaser you've got a really twisted sense of like how a relationship should work and you mm-hmm. need to go and heal yourself yeah 
I agree. That is probably what's going to end up happening. But I was just thinking like if Avon does end up becoming The Bachelor, that's not going to be good because they're going to be like, you said you weren't ready for engagement at the end of Rachel's season. What makes you so ready for it now? But he'll articulate just like he already did that he is ready for an engagement in life. He just thought with her an engagement for them at the end of this season was not the right time. That's really understandable. (laughs) You're basically my publicist anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Don't say that. No. Revise this text as follows. Mm, No, don't do that. (laughs) Maybe don't post that. (laughs) I never say that to you. (laughs) True. Okay, so turning to Eric and Gabby's date. So, like, it was really cute, honestly, their meeting with her family like her grandpa and they just like, honestly all love gabby so much i know and it was nice to see her dad actually speak other than just hold up dumb signs like oh, he did yeah. last season her aunt <laughs> is such a gem her advice to gabby was so good like she was so gabby still has these wounds from her relationship with her mom that she can fall into very easily of feeling unlovable and her aunt was telling her basically, like, show Eric this vulnerability. Show him all of your, like, trauma and your wounds and your trigger points. Let him see it all because you can't hide this. This is who you are. This is what your experience has been. And if he's the one, like, he'll accept you and you'll work through it together. But, like, solid you advice. can't hide that from him. Yeah, solid advice. Yeah, I thought so for sure. So they have their data went really well with the family. And then – they we see them i don't know if they went to go visit each other again or why they were alone at this point but anyways they're talking kind of about because he's the last one there so obviously they know they're going to be the final two and i feel like gabby was kind of being manipulative in this situation too because she was basically posing their questions to eric like i'm completely fine whichever way you decide i just want like very, clarity very clear she's not fine Exactly. Like she's obviously very concerned and obviously there's an answer that she's definitely wants, but she's trying to like goat him into like feeling comfortable of exposing his like true feelings by acting like she's loosey goosey fine with anything. So then he does tell her like, look, I'm, I just want to date. I feel like dating, we need to date for a while before we get engaged. And she immediately like freaks out. She runs down the hallway. She's crying she's like a hot mess and that's where we end off okay was she crying about him in front of him to the producer well it looked like that like she ran to the end of the hall so he was still in like eyesight and she's like what am i supposed to do he just told me he wants to date yeah it was it was weird to see gabby in that light what i'm thinking if i'm giving her the benefit of the doubt is that that hurt him saying that just triggered like all of her insecurities to bubble up to the service about this feeling unlovable and feeling like she's not chosen and all that stuff came out in that moment and she's going to reflect back and come to her like senses so to speak and be like okay i love this man he's the one for me if that's what he wants i don't want to pressure him let's just date and they'll end up just dating and we'll see where they're at in next episode i do think they'll stay together i don't think they'll last I mean, like, I think they'll still be together at the finale. Okay. Also, did you see that Eric, one of Eric's girl, ex-girlfriends 
went on like some extreme tangent on Instagram, blowing up his spot and like saying all these things about him. And I didn't read it because I didn't want to get spoiled. But it's out there. Like she's going on like a tirade about him right now. Who is she? I don't know. I didn't even look at it because I didn't want to get spoiled. But she did say at one point like that he was only in it for clout. And I think there was an allegation that like he was dating her up until they left and perhaps also in touch with her after he came back home. Yeah. But I didn't want to read it because I didn't want to get spoiled. Okay, I won't read them. Leaked texts about past romance. Mm. Juicy. Okay, well, you read that and then let me know what the bits and pieces are that aren't spoilers. He assured his ex that the show was all acting and he wanted to be a contestant to kick off a fresh start and a new career path. Why is he assuring her? Yeah, what? Yeah, and he sent her roses before leaving to film the show. Okay. Interesting. So, yeah, this this season was a shit show. Dumpster fire. They An absolute never, dumpster fire. Nice. They should never ever do two people again. There's just not enough time. You don't get to know the women. You don't get to know the contestants. You don't get to see any li- love stories. It's fucking a reversal of sorts of like where the power should be. It's just so stupid. I'm over it. I agree. Okay, let's talk about Beverly Hills. Beverly Hills. Oh, so this oh. is like reminding me of that TikTok. Like, oh, it's funny when they do it, but it's not funny when I do it. <laughs> it's a problem when I do it. Yeah, that's, that's what the, what. the actual thing is. Okay, well, that's what you're giving me right now. <laughs> okay, so we're finally in the notorious Aspen trip in Beverly Hills. It's taking a while to really still get into it. It's really bubbling. So we haven't talked about the last two episodes, but basically the only thing to talk about is what's been going down between Erica. So in like the second to last episode, the earrings came up that Erica has that somebody was asking her to return them to the victims and she was refusing to give them to the victims. In fact, she brought them to Aspen and wore them while in Aspen while all of this news is coming around about these fucking $750,000 earrings. So this brings up a conversation where people are basically asking her, particularly Garcelle and Crystal, are asking her why she won't return the earrings, which then leads to a conversation of like, why won't you give these victims any compassion? And Erica, in her like drunken fucking tirade, says that she isn't going to do anything that's not unless she's compelled to do so by the law. She calls the victims potential victims implying that they didn't suffer any losses regardless of who is responsible she says why should i give any empathy to these people who are quote dogging her and refuses to give them any empathy whatsoever and she keeps on screaming at the women that like she doesn't give a fuck about anything but me and all of her friends should only care about her and that's the most truest things that she's ever spoken i I I have no words. Like Garcelle said, um, are you scared to show compassion because that's going to make you look guilty? And she straight up said no. Yeah. 
And that's what Dorit is trying to rationalize the next like well, next day. And it's like, actually, fucking no, that's not what she's saying at all. She just actually has no compassion for these people. Her position is basically not my victim, not my problem, not my victim. I don't give a fuck. And that's like basically saying, oh, your friend got stabbed. Oh, I didn't stab them. Then I don't really care. Because she said she was like, the only person I care about is me mm-hmm. at the end well, of that's it. That's very clear. Rina and Dorit working so hard to make sure that Erica didn't continue to show how horrible she was. Yeah. Was just, this is why I was like, you don't want anyone to leave the show. Like some of these people are truly evil. They are like Erica. Yeah. Cause Rina's like, we got to get her out of here. We got to get her out of here. So they do get Erica to leave that night. But in the middle of the night, Dorit helps Erica pack up her room and Dorit and Erica go to Diana's hotel room. And Kyle is like very, very hurt by that. And they call themselves refugees. I was so annoyed by that. Oh my gosh. And Diana's like, I provided them a Safeway house. Please stop. Like, are you kidding me? Like, but I just, throwing, oh. But also, like, how how hilarious is it that Erica was telling Garcelle Sutton is a liability? Erica's literally a liability. Mm-hmm. And it just keeps coming up and coming up. So then the next day, it's like a whole tizzy because Kyle's extremely hurt. The group is divided because all the other women go out for like brunch into a cafe and then they go to this hat place that um, Kyle was really excited about and had rented out this private area and was really excited about showing the women this. And the other three women like Dorit, Diana and Erica refuse to come even though like so Lisa goes over to like find their cafe so to speak and try to convince them to come. And Lisa, when she arrived at that conversation, was being so fucking fake or just like was being fake before because she's coming there being like, I totally understand where you're coming from. I totally think you guys are in the right. But like just for the sake of peace, can you come back? Yeah. I mean, if I were to give Lisa Rena the benefit of the doubt, and that's a lot from me, it would be just to like get them to calm the fuck down and come back. Yeah, maybe. But they don't really come back until, well, Dorit comes to talk to Kyle and Kyle is like so mad at Dorit. And she's trying to say like, you literally are putting Erica's feelings over mine. And Dorit's like, no, I'm not. Don't put me in that position. And she's like, you're putting yourself in this position. And she's trying to say she's not taking sides. And it's like, literally, you're taking sides. Like she tries to say, well, she only had... um two girls and you've got seven and it's like that's not really the point like who are you loyal to who is in the right and who is in the wrong who deserves your compassion in this moment if somebody's being a complete unhinged lunatic asshole to everybody they're not the person i'm going to try to comfort it's like i'm going to try to comfort all the people that were in their war path what if that was me honestly my feelings would probably be similar like, I would definitely give you compassion from afar and be like, look, I think you're really going through it. And I really think I can be there for you. But I also need you to take accountability. And like, we need to talk about this. I'm really not happy with what you just did. Yeah. See, that's the difference. We would say that to each other. Dorit and Rena are, well, Rena did try and talk to Erica about the victims and her alcoholism. But Dorit is very much just like, 
Erica, you're in the right. You deserve all the compassion, honey. Like, whatever. Yeah, she's showing her, like, way too much account compassion with like it's compassion without accountability you can you need to have both yeah Yeah. totally that's why i wonder what erica has on dorit and pk yeah that's true Uh, did you ever watch the season where um there was panty gate no erica and dorit did not like each other wow interesting Mm mm-hmm I would. I feel like they should get back to that place. <laughs> yeah, I love Crystal like, in this. Sorry, go ahead. Erica wasn't wearing panties at this one event, and PK saw that and was telling everyone. And instead of being like, "PK, why are you looking there?" Er- Dorit was very much like, "Erica, why aren't you wearing underwear?" And like, have some respect around people, or whatever, whatever. And then Erica like gifted Dorit panties or something like that or Dorit gifted her panties and it was panty gate oh my gosh this is giving me like Jen Shaw and Meredith Sun vibes but that was like you know like fun Beverly Hills drama this is just vile and toxic yeah so I really liked Crystal in this episode because she had like two tete-a-tetes like she had her she had a back and forth with Dorit where she says like look I have I pay attention to people I surround myself with. I have a moral compass and I know exactly what her position is. And Dorit tries to like defend Erica by being like, you don't know the facts. I don't know the facts. And it's like, what? Okay, this is is the one thing that kept bothering me. So when the victims say you – you stole from me or you knew or aware of this, it's not fact. It's just like hearsay until proven in the court of law. But when Erica says, I'm innocent, I had no idea, the women are supposed to accept that as fact and don't need to wait to be proven in the court of law. The hypocrisy. The The hypocrisy. hypocrisy. It's ridiculous. But I love how Dorit thinks that what she says is going to be true and facts (laughs) with with the tone that she uses. She's like, you don't know and I don't know. Like, no, bitch, we know there are victims. We know. Yeah, like, that's an uncontroverted fact. These people didn't get their money. The question is, who fucking stole it? And Mm -hmm. who knew about it? Uh, But also, when you're talking about tone of voice, the way Erica was talking about this dismissal of her case, she's like, did you see the news today? (laughs) You're wondering why I was fighting so hard last night. Yeah, to get Are you going to say congratulations? And then she's like, no responsibility and no knowledge. <laughs> I fucking wanted to punch you, her like, in the face through my screen. Impressions. It's like just so nasally. The back of your throat or something like that. I just literally wanted to punch her condescending fucking face through the screen. But wasn't I'm that being frank? Wasn't that just the one that like got dismissed from Chicago to then go be tried in California? Yes. Yeah, so and now it's like coming up in the show, and it's hilarious. Yeah, like Crystal one seems of the women, the only one to know that that's what's up. I know, and I don't know why anyone's saying to her like, "Yeah, dude, I fucking read it. It just was in the wrong place." Yeah, dismissed without prejudice. Cite it. Cite it's like, it. Do you know what that? That okay? I saw one meme. I think I sent it to you. It was like you did. when you're doing a bibliography in high school. Yeah, <laughs> when they demand a bibliography, cite it. Cite it. 
That was epic. No, but Crystal really did carry last week's episode and this week's episode. She understood yeah, I the really assignment. liked her. In other happenings in the episode, the other major thing was yes, Kathy Hilton. And it's so it's this is like so absurd that this is what precipitated all of this. No, but I think I get it. Yeah, I mean, I, I I've had fights like this with my siblings. It's like it's just a boiling up of stuff, and it, she Kathy just obviously feels like Kyle never has her back, and now it's in front of so many girl, women on a show where everyone can see, and Kathy's just like, show me some respect. Or support. Yeah. But I thought that it was just silly how mad she got. So basically they're at this hat event <gasps> and and Lisa asks for a shot of 818 because she wants to try it because she hasn't tried it. Well, What's no. fucking annoying how she kept on kept on referring to Ken it's Kendall Jenner's. It's Kendall Jenner, my best friend Kendall Jenner. Deliver it. Well, no, it started from last episode when Kathy shows her tequila and Kyle like sabotages it and cuts in and just like she was ripping into Kathy the entire time like the purse that she was carrying the shoes that she's wearing whatever 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 it's like she's Kathy Hilton she can wear whatever she wants yeah I do see it from that perspective combined but I did kind of like I do think you're right that Lisa probably had negative attentions about it but I was like who the fuck cares she took a shot of another tequila and then she moved on but anyways stemming from that Kyle didn't say anything to Lisa about the fact she was drinking 818 tequila. And Kathy got really upset about that and was like mumbling under her breath to Garcelle about it and then ultimately left the event. And then we see them her later and she's in a completely fine mood. And Kyle is like, well, she does this sometimes where she's really mad, she takes a moment, then she's fine. But clearly she was not fine because then at the end of the episode, we get a black screen and it's like several hours later. And when that happens, you know, shit's about to fucking pop off. And then we see text messages come out on the screen. And Lisa is texting someone saying, Kathy just had a meltdown. She was screaming, throwing things, crying and spewing absolute hatred about her sister. And then Kathy texts Lisa and says, silence is golden. I'll be keeping silent. Yeah, I I don't know. I guess I got to watch all of it, but I have to say I'm very much leaning towards Kathy Hilton. I do think I understand her anger. Yeah, it's just like, why are you being this way around Lisa? Like, if you're angry at Kyle, direct it towards Kyle. Or was it directed towards Kyle? We don't know yet. Because Brenda did do the whole 818 tequila thing. Yeah. Like, it just seemed to me like she was not I don't know. We'll have to see what happens. I, but apparently this is Kathy right now. Did you see I Paris just, Hilton like all the tweets about yeah, it? Yeah, I did. Last week. I did. I think I can definitely understand where she's coming from. It's just like how she handles that is probably what I'm not going to agree with. Yeah, for sure. I just think she it she's just probably one of those people who once she finally gets provoked to the end. She just kind of sees red. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. But we'll see what happens next week. This is what kind of leads to the entire feud between Kathy and Rinna. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to see it all play out. Yeah, and we'll finally see that scene where it's Rinna, Kyle, and Kathy at Kathy's house. And Kathy goes, Kyle, Kyle. 
Yeah. Yeah. I kind of forget that. <laughs> I kind of forget what that was. <laughs> That's all I've been waiting I'll for. I'll take your word for it. Well, that that was a pretty big episode of our podcast this week. Yeah, so we might have less hot tops and less shows to talk about since we'll be back in just a few short days, which, lucky for you listeners, will be in your earballs again on Tuesday. Rock on, sisters. That's like the third time you've said that. I know. Okay. Rock on, sister. (laughs) Bye.